I am not a farmer. I did not grow up on a farm. I grew up north of Rockford about an hour. But like most of us as Midwesterners, just driving through the roads, we have a little familiarity with how agriculture works. And even though it might not be the first thing on our mind, uh, we understand that this time of year the, the corn is growing, the crops are starting to look more like crops. But back in Jesus' time, it was really on the forefront of their mind. Many people worked in agriculture and everyone needed to eat. And whether or not you had good crops determined whether or not you were able to eat. So these individuals that Christ is talking to, they knew what it was like when the bounty was full that they would have a no, no worries during the winter. And also the hunger in their stomach when there was a poor yield, when there was a drought and they were just barely getting by. So this life of a plant is something that was really tangible for them. And I wanna talk a little bit about that life of the plant. What does a plant need to grow? Needs air, needs soil, water and sunshine, right? So you think, all right, a plant needs water, so we'll keep watering it, right, all the time. If we get too much rain, though, it's not great for the plant. The plant will actually drown. The roots won't be able to take it in. And obviously, as we all know, if a plant gets no water, it'll shrivel up and die. So there's a delicate balance here between a healthy amount of drought and a healthy amount of rain. And that's the same way in our own soul. And how is it good for the plant to have a little bit of drought? When there's no rain, it forces the plant's roots to go deeper into the ground. It forces the plant's root to search for nutrients and water, which not only allows it to get that nutrients and have a wider area for the water, but when troubles come, when there's wind, when there's heavy rain, that deepening of the roots actually protects the plants. So the same thing with us, you know, when we have our faith, when we have our journey with Christ, there are times where it's great. There's times where our faith is really clicking and we can, we're going to church and we're like, wow, yeah, I can just really feel God in everything that I'm going in my life and I just love the Lord a lot. And that's great. We all love those moments of consolation. We all know that the sacraments is what gives us the ability to keep going. It's that food for our soul. But if you're anything like me, we've experienced those times of desolation as well. We've experienced those times where we're like, you know what, God, really the last thing I want to do right now is pray. Really the last thing I want to do on a Sunday morning is get up and go to Mass. And you know, God understands. It's been a long week. I just need some sleep. Or whatever it is, you know, God, I'm just not going to pray today. We have those moments in our life. We might even question whether or not God is really there. Is this all the truth? But it's in those moments that we double down. It's in those moments where we're able to strengthen our faith, where that mustard seed is allowed to get even bigger. And who do we see as an example for this? Uh, but the saints. Mother Teresa, someone from Eastern Europe, has this call to be a nun, goes to India, and is living this sheltered life with a whole bunch of sisters where they're praying, they're running a school, they're loving God, but she sees this destitute poverty all around her. She looks out and sees how much the people need her. So she has this call within a call, these moments of conversation with Christ, this consolation that allows her to go out into the city and create the missionaries of charity, to create the home for the dying, to create homes for the destitute. 
and to be Christ for these very poor people. And obviously we know Mother Teresa went on to be one of the most important women in all the 20th century. She met with great political leaders, won the Nobel Peace Prize. She was canonized, a great saint. But it wasn't until after she died that we found out that those years of work in Calcutta were absolute drought. She asked God in her journals, where are you? I don't feel you. She questioned God's existence at some points. But our faith is not based on how we feel. Our, base, our faith is based on the fact that Christ is truly present in the Eucharist. Our faith is based on the fact that he died for each and every one of us. So when we have these moments of drought, when we have these moments of desolation, that's the time when we can grow. That's the time when we can say, all right, Lord, I may not want to pray, but I'm going to because I love you and I know that you exist. Mother Teresa would say, on the good days, I pray my holy hour, except when it's really hard, when there's a lot going on, when my mind is worried, then I do two holy hours. When we're in drought, that's when we go to Christ. That's when we come to church and receive the sacraments to know that confession alleviates of anything weighing us down and the Eucharist to bring us that nutrients that our soul needs. And that's our faith journey. That's the growing of our faith that our Lord talks about in the gospel. But thankfully, we don't have to do it by ourselves. For we have this parish family to help each and every one of us. That when we come together on Sunday, we put our hobbies aside, our works aside, whatever is bogging us down, our worries, our anxieties, and we come together from all different paths of life to pray together at this altar where the priest, today Father Mano, will renew that sacrifice on Calvary. The most important moment of all of human history is recreated. And that's the strength that keeps us going for another week. And by being here, we build each other up. The fact is, as Paul talks about in the second reading, this is not our home. Don't get too comfortable. We're not staying here. Heaven is home. So this fact that we have brothers and sisters in the church to recognize and build each other up saying, all right, the world, it's not exactly uh, Christ-filled. Let's just put it that way, all right? But to know that we have brothers and sisters out there, parishioners, from all of time, God knew that each and every one of you would be a part of this family here at St. Patrick's in St. Charles. And I've been here for over a year now, and I love how vibrant this parish is. It doesn't matter what age you are, what you're into, there's aspects of this parish that you can get involved in. And I would really encourage you to make more friends in this parish. If you feel you're not well, too con not well connected to the parish, check out the bulletin, call the parish office, ask around, because you need that camaraderie of the parish family. You need that building up that each and every one of us can do to help us on this journey, to help each other become saints. And with it being Father's Day, as I've talked about the parish family, I want to go down for a little bit to that micro unit. The smallest building, uh, the smallest building unit of the church is the family. And the father, as the head of that family, has a very important role and today is Father's Day. And to be a good father, it's not how much money you make, it's not how well-dressed you are, it's not how funny you are, 
It's not how smart you are, but how do you love your family with the example of how Christ loved his church? So I want to thank all of you fathers, because it's tough out there. There's a lot of joys to fatherhood, there's a lot of joys to family, but I want to thank you for saying yes when it was tough. I want to thank you for the sacrifices you've made, just like Christ died for his church, how you die for your family, day in and day out, year in and year out. And we're not perfect, you're not perfect, I'm not perfect, but we keep going, we build each other up and recognize that we just are trying to follow that example of God the Father's love for each and every one of us, which he truly, he truly does. And you don't have to be an earthly father with children to be a father. As this is Father Mano's last weekend, you, just like me, I'm sure we've all experienced him as a spiritual father during his time here at St. Patrick's. The fact is that every man can be a father by just being Christ for the ones that God puts in your life. So I want to encourage you fathers with your families and all men to be Christ to those people in your lives. There's no coincidences. When somebody's in your life, whether it's saying hi to them at Target or when someone's in crisis or just loving life with a friend, that's when you can be Christ to somebody. So thank you fathers for your yes. Thank you for bringing your family to Mass. There is nothing more that you can do for your family than to bring them to receive the sacraments. Know that I'm praying for you as fathers. And for all of you, keep saying yes to Christ. Enjoy the consolation. Enjoy the love that the God the Father has for you. But know, just because you may not feel him, he's there. He's there. And in a little bit, each and every one of us will receive him into our soul. And I pray that each and every one of us can be with him in heaven one day, with Mother Teresa and all the angels and saints, because it's going to be pretty awesome. And it's worth the struggle. <laughs>